This is the third time now. Such passionate fans we have. Yep, that's just the price of fame. Hey! I know. We never finished the set. Well, we live to play another day. Yeah, I suppose you'd rather die for your art. Guys, enough. I've been waiting for you all be long. We meet again at last. This is Waiting for Obi, a Star Wars podcast. Well, I hope it doesn't take too long. I have work to do. Join us as we explore the stories told in a galaxy far, far away, providing narrative context and reactions to Star Wars on Disney Plus and beyond. Hello there. And now, Waiting for Obi, with your hosts, Jason and Kim. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Waiting for Obi. Still waiting. We're still waiting for Obi. (laughs) Uh, We're getting a little closer because this episode of Star Wars Visions, episode number two, is called Tatooine Rhapsody, which I don't know. There might have been an Obi hanging out that we didn't see in the crowd. There might have been. It would have fit his timeline. Um, So this particular episode was actually done by Studio Colorido. Colorido. I don't know if that's actually supposed to be a japanese word or if it's an i feel like i need somebody else to say these for me right who knows the i need a behind the scenes disney so i can so we can get these names correct please thank you (laughs) so this uh this particular studio doesn't have a huge body of work to pull from um but if you are seeped into the pokemon saga there was actually a mini series about eight episodes uh, called Pokemon Twilight Wings recently. It, was, it actually kind of follows the Sword and Shield video game story, but it's very okay. it's very different and very kind of like, you know, if, if Pokemon animation was actually done seriously, that was very much um, what this uh, series was. It's called Twilight Wings. It's amazing. Um, this huh. anime okay. studio actually did all but one of those episodes. So definitely worth checking out if you want to see something similar. It's you can definitely tell similar in the art style, although I do believe they intentionally made the characters a little more like chibi Japanese type characters. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, they, okay. Everything was a little cutesy and cutesier in this. Everything episode. was very cutesy in this one. That's a good. That's a good descriptive word. I uh-huh. agree. Yeah. So and that's okay. Like that's it's fine. But. Yeah. Kim and I haven't spent a whole lot of time talking about our thoughts on this episode, so I'm really curious to see what she thinks. But before we get to that. Spoiler, spoiler, spoilers. So, uh, again, this is a little bit different kind of series, so you can jump around all that you want, but we're going to talk about what happens in this one, perhaps connect it to some Star Wars related things. This one, I think we can connect to a couple of things. Mm -hmm. So you have been forewarned. We are not trying to ruin your life and spoil anything. So if you don't want to know about it yet, don't continue. (laughs) If you do, come on down. That is right. So... We talked a little bit in the last episode about whether Star Wars Visions is considered canon or not. So you're more than welcome to go. If you did not listen to episode one about the duel, uh, I'm not going to repeat the giant quote that from the producer about the... Wait, <laughs> I can summarize the quote. Meh, it might be. <laughs> That's very true. Um, but it does boil down to these episodes are, are more or less comp- informed by Star Wars canon, but these episodes do not inform Star Wars canon. So Star Wars canon will not be beholden to these shows, but these shows, in a sense, are beholden to what has come before it. Yeah, and I'll say the same thing I did in the last episode. It's just sort of like sharing stories that tales of things just like Bards used to do or 
that sort of thing. So yeah, there might be some truth in it, but it's a bedtime story you tell your kids or something yeah. like that. Like look at it with that through that lens versus trying to specifically connect it to something in the Star Wars universe. Um, so speaking of not trying to connect to something in the Star Wars universe, um, we are going to try to connect it to something in the Star Wars universe by s- trying to figure out exactly. No, it's fine. I, just, it was, mm-hmm. I, I was trying to be funny, not like correct you. Did it work? Oh, all right. No. No. Yes. Sorry. No. Yeah, it was funny. And I was like, whoops, I messed Jason up. That's half, <laughs> and that's half the fun of this podcast. <laughs> um, so given some of the relationship with the, the this is the only from what I, from my understanding now we me and kim have actually at this point full disclosure only seen the first two episodes uh as of reading recording this podcast so but my understanding is this is the only episode that actually features familiar characters mm, from okay. other parts of star wars um and considering that uh characters such as jabba the hutt and boba fett are in this episode, uh, you can really place this to happen at some point between episode three, Revenge of the Sith and episode four, A New Hope, probably mm-hmm. somewhere in the, you know, five to 10 years after Return of the Sith. Yeah. Revenge of the Sith. Return of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith. What am I talking about? Like Revenge of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. I'm going to lose my Star Wars card. It's fine. Um, watching Jason and these men are going to come in the background and they're just going to pluck it. They're going to take the card and run. Um, there are a couple of familiar voices in this show. Actually, if you yeah. if you watch the English one, um, Jay, who is the uh, main character, who uh, we'll talk about his background and, and story, uh, was actually voiced by jo- Joseph Gordon-Levitt, which is wild. Uh, hopefully, you guys know who that is. Uh, if not, go watch some Third Rock from the Sun. There you go. Um, he's done a lot of other wonderful things since then. He was an in Inception, so he's. He's a fairly well-known-ish actor, I would say. Yeah, definitely, definitely, especially if you're into serialized TV shows. Yeah, I didn't know he did a lot of. Uh, I, I, I'm not aware of voice acting work that he's done, so this was pretty cool. Uh, and of course, you probably uh, recognize the voice of Boba Fett was voiced by Tamora Morrison. I thought for sure that was him. I didn't look it up last night, and yep. I and I went. I'm sure that's that's yeah. Yeah, and Tamora plays Boba Fett in the. Um, Love it. And the Mandalorian series and the Book of Fett coming up, as well as uh, was the actor who portrayed Jango Fett in the prequel trilogy. Yep. So very, very cool He's to have such him a back. Cool guy. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, there's a couple other characters in this episode. There's Geezer, uh, also referred to as Gee, who is the giant hut who plays the guitar, oh. and Lan, uh, who is the three-headed drummer. I guess. <laughs> I feel like he should be a more effective drummer. And K um, and K three K three four four is the uh, droid who plays the guitar. I guess the rhythm guitar, and maybe Jay plays lead, and maybe Geezer plays bass. Bass. Oh yeah, I think it is bass, isn't it? Yeah. I, they in yeah, what? Yeah, yeah. So at the very well, let's let's get into the style. Um, if if you watch both these episodes, like if you watch the duel and you watch Tatooine Rhapsody side by side, um, they can't be more different. They could not be more different. And I'm sorry, I sounded distracted because I recognized the name of Geezer and it's Bobby Monahan who is from SNL. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I didn't, sorry, I was distracted by that going, wait, I know who that is. Uh, and he's kind of a pivotal character in this specific episode, but yeah, watching this one, uh, I don't know that this was the right order to put them in. I don't know. We'll see how the rest fall out, but they could not be more different. And so that told me very early on that we are in for a smorgasbord of animation styles as we trek further in along our visions journey. 
We are. Um, and I, and I appreciate the fact that I think if, you know, I'm not sure what the logic behind sequencing this episode is the way they were, but if they want to give us a taste of kind of the extremes, um, mm-hmm. of what is possible within visions, this is definitely, this is definitely the way to do it. Um, there's very much a kind of a, kind of a, it doesn't, it doesn't go all the way to like cute, like kawaii culture, but like there's, there's, because okay. all the characters are kind of shortened, their, their, their um, proportions are a little squishier. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, especially like, and you, squishier. and you think it's something like someone like Boba Fett, who's like clearly, that's very, like, Boba was, Fett proportionally was, like, looks very short. In my pocket. Yeah. Proportionally, he'd be very, I just pick him up, put him in my pocket. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so it's very interesting. Um, but there was a seriousness to the to the episode that that you can kind of appreciate, I guess. Um, but it's very yeah, useful. It's very to fun. Get real scary, real quick. This one you uh, this one you could get away with kiddo scene. Um, I, you'd be more comfortable with kiddo scene this one. Yeah. I think. This show is sponsored in part by the Chance Cube Trading Card Services, providing appraisal, grading, and consignment services for your non-sports trading card collections at little to no upfront cost to you. Visit facebook.com slash thechancecube to find out more. And Tabletop Rebellion, creating fun reviews and playthroughs of new and favorite board games as they strive to bring people together one game at a time. Be sure to check them out on YouTube at youtube.com slash tabletoprebellion. The episode kind of starts, we get a look at Jay. Jay is running away from either like the Separatist or an army or, I mean, it could be clone troopers who have turned after order 66 we're not really sure but that's fair yeah he's but everything about that scene screamed he was a pad one to me yeah and he he's running away and and his lightsaber kind of gets damaged uh and he's found he's found by geezer which is really kind of funny um and and you're yeah. kind of you think in that moment like oh no what's going to happen to him and then we get this like flash forward to jay in this band <laughs> right playing a concert a wild turn i was like oh well we're going here okay um so jay's not like, the lead singer in this band with mm-hmm. geezer who's the hut playing you know the bass and yep. a three-headed drummer and a droid <laughs> like it's just wild and and, and then another little droid that kind of dances around a little he yeah. doesn't contribute much but he does dance he kind of reminds me of dio in the way he communicates too like the way uh-huh. he kind of runs around um yeah, so they're playing this concert, and like their their song is interrupted by none other than Boba Fett, who comes and apparently, uh, Geezer, apparently Job of the Hut has it out for Geezer for whatever reason. Um, he, it he, sounds like there was a family connection of some mm-hmm. sort because, and he didn't want to join it, and and Job doesn't care and wants him to come anyway. And it sounds like this is a frequent occurrence, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe because he's a hut, he he didn't want to join the hut clan and be part of the family business or whatever. He just uh, wants to rock out on his base, man. Let yeah. him let him do his thing. Let him do his thing. Let him be creative. Uh, so Boba takes Geezer away and leaving the rest of the band to kind of decide, like, are they going to go after him or like how are they going to save him? Are they going? What are they going to do? Well, because like early on, they get into like I just remember the line of like I just want to finish a set. Like, <laughs> they never seem to get to finish a full set, and then it makes me wonder if they ever get paid. Oh no! Um, but yeah, and then Boba chases them, so they thought that they were free, and you get this very quick uh, space chase where he chases yeah. them down and then takes a geezer. Um, 
And it and seems like Geezer goes to because he doesn't want the rest of his band to get hurt, which is very right, much a very non hut kind of thing, which is kind of cool. Did you notice in several of these scenes, though, there were uh, throwback lines to lines that we're very familiar with? So at mm-hmm. one point, Jay says, I have a bad feeling about this. Yep. Um, there were some more of those, but I, I liked I, I did enjoy that little that little just checking them in here and there. Yeah. Throughout yeah. the throughout the episode. And that makes it feel that does make it feel very Star Wars kind of when that mm-hmm. stuff happens. Because mm-hmm. um, those lines are very iconic to the to oh for sure the movies and everything. Um, so you know the the remaining band members are trying to decide whether they need to go after Key or not, uh, which kind of leads Jay to finish Jay to go back to this you know place when Gee first found him, uh, and how like welcoming he was and like almost like fatherly in a way, like taking him in and mm-hmm. saving him from, from, uh, from the guys who were chasing whatever him. Whatever it was. Yeah, whatever, whatever it was. We yeah. Now we did, we did see a moment in this battle that, um, uh, Jay is still carrying his lightsaber and it still doesn't work. No. And I feel like there's so much that could be read into that. Mm-hmm. Is it a matter of because he ran away that he's lost somewhat of a connection with the force? And that's why, you know, his he's got this broken lightsaber that still won't work. There, I feel like there is some significance tie into that that I haven't quite figured out. Yeah. Um, but so then we cut to Tatooine, which is great to go to a familiar location. And it not was only, a cool, it was a cool shot too. Yeah, right? and not only just Tatooine, like we go to um, we go to where the pod races happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that kind of Very like cool stadium, shot. which is really kind of interesting. I mean, you think about like in real life, like we've got these you know sports arenas and and amphitheaters that are all used for you know both some sort of sporting event and sort of a music concert. Um, and this one, it seems to be set up to. I don't know if it's set up for an execution or uh, if it's just set up for the concert because that's what the what was negotiated but you know jay and the guys um jay and the band members negotiate with jabba to say hey before you kill him can we play one last song which was oddly like which was you know accepted which 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 then made me question did jay still have some jedi powers because how do you convince jabba to let you play with your bandmate one last time before because everybody was there to see that guy and and geezer had no idea that he thought, well, this is it. I'm getting sent up there to get, you know, ended. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they have this, you know, kind of two to three minutes song here, uh, which is like, it was, it was okay. <laughs> now, the best I'm not going to be listening to it on repeat. Yeah, I'm not going to be downloading that one by any means. The best part of it, though, was watching the other Jabba's reaction to it, Boba's reaction to it. Tapping that was, yeah, tapping their little feet along, bobbing their heads, Jabba's whatever the end part of Jabba is called is I would call it wagging his tail because I have dogs, but that's not what Jabba was doing, but he was still tapping along. And so I thought that's the part of the song that I, that I actually really enjoyed. I cannot recall any of the words of it at this point. So it doesn't, it's not one of those uh, ones that gets stuck in your head. Yeah. And the song, the musical, bad. the musical part of the song is the same in English and Japanese. So I imagine there's like some element of, trying to translate it and then fit it within a music like that's very difficult i would when i listened to it i immediately thought i bet this sounds better in japanese if i knew japanese yeah because it would have made what we're used to in music or whatever of this line rhymed or this line did whatever or this because some of them in english 
felt a little awkward. Yeah. But the um, music was good. Yeah. And so, of course, after the song, um, t- Jay boldly asked Jabba for a sponsorship, saying they'd be the best band in the galaxy. Yeah, somehow they managed to get themselves... It, it basically showed, like, quote, like them going viral, or what the equivalency of going viral would be in Star Wars universe. <laughs> oh, yeah, because they did all the cutscenes, so, like... They're on every... The they cantina. Got cuts, they're on other data pads. Yeah, they did all the cutscenes. Kids are watching it on data pads, and someone. Oh, I have to now. I have to go back and look at the episode. Someone told me like there's even a cutscene to um, uh, Obi's hut. Oh, how did we? Shame on us if we missed it. I know, and I should have looked it up before I'm before I sit here like, oh yeah, that happened. Um, we were waiting. There he was. We were waiting for him. We're waiting for him. There he is. Oh, the podcast is over, and I have to go back and do this again. <laughs> but um, kudos to him and so i mean they're just gonna go and they got to finish the you know the crowd started calling for one more song and there's a super tense moment where jabba's uh gun guys goons whatever you want to call them pop up on this on this thing kind of take aim and then fire into the sky instead and then just drift away and it's it's like jabba granting the whole all right, keep going. Keep playing. That was catchy. Yeah. What do we think about the fact that he turned his lightsaber into a microphone? Yeah, I thought that was because he, like, you could tell the guards got super nervous. And so was there any sort of special, because that, it was definitely what he had in his hand. And sometime between start and finish, he converted that into a microphone. Is that what helped him go viral? Did the Kyber crystal give him? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. All right, could Cantina. Could he, oh yeah, could the, he use the... it later as something else. Oh. Okay. So, all right. Now, see, I'm sitting here like just watching the episode while we're talking about. I, it's okay. I'm filling the void. It's good. Um, no, it's good. Uh, yeah. So the cutscenes, right? So they go to, um, they go to Mall Size Cantina, and they go to like kids in the street just watching on data pads, kind of like pad the pad that we saw um, Anakin's mother watch the pod race on. Oh yeah. Okay. Um. Uh, I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah, oh, you know, just kind of different things through town. Kids watching, yes, kids watching the data pad um, in the cantina. Of course, um, the Bith band from the cantina is in there watching them. Uh, and awesome. then, it, and then it cuts to Obi's hut. And I guess the music, I guess, I it's I miss that? implying that um, <laughs> Obi Wan's watching them. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I could, I could see it. I could see it like a aging Ben Kenobi. <laughs> Watch, I don't know. That's just wild. Anyways, so we went, we found Obi. There he is. Woohoo! And uh, that's the end. No, I'm just kidding. So yeah, so it's just interesting. They never, he never really revisits his Jedi past, which I think is kind of an interesting, like omission. I know because that's the part I wanted to know more about. I mean, cool, you got abandoned all, but it didn't exactly, you know. I want to know more about, and and we'll never get an answer on this, I mm-hmm. don't think. So it's like one of those forever unknowns of who was he? Whose Padawan was he? Yeah. And uh, honestly, I'm sure that the anime studio doesn't even care. <laughs> That's just a Star Wars nerds wanting to make everything fit together. <laughs> yeah. But- but it's fine. Um, but I mean, I guess, I guess there's a sense of uh, where you come from does not define who you are. Uh, you know, we see Jay kind of not follow the Jedi path and join this band. And we see Gee not follow the Hut clan situation. 
Uh, and, you know, yeah. So there's kind of two elements of that, which I think is, you know, maybe the ultimate point of this episode, this, this short film. That makes sense. And maybe that's all that we were trying to get out of it. I really did enjoy this seeing characters that I recognized mm-hmm. represented in a different light. That was, that was kind of fun. That, I, I think that's probably my favorite part of this one. Yeah. If I have to, if I'm only comparing the first two that I've seen, I still think I like the duel more over oh, this sure. one because it was more visually stunning than this one. But this one was was still enjoyable. Yeah. Just in a different way. I'm sure before this is all over, we'll rank all nine of them in order of our favorites. Yeah, I figure we'll have to do that. But that's why I thought, well, okay, we're into this one. I didn't like I still like the first the first one is still my top as of right now. Yeah. But um this one was fun. Uh, just a very interesting, different story too. Like it, it's a, it's definitely a a unique story, and I, I do like that for sure. Well, we if you guys hear about the bands of Star Wars, right? Yeah. We don't hear about that a lot. Uh, well, if you guys have any thoughts on this episode you'd like to share, please feel to drop us an email at contact at waitingforobi.com or find us on Facebook at Waiting for Obi. And be sure to come back next time for our thoughts and opinions on the next episode of Star Wars Visions. We will see you again next time. Bye. You have been listening to Waiting for Obi, presented by The Chance Camp. Thank you for spending time with us today. We hope you join us again. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash waitingforobi. Until next time, may the Force be with you. This program is a Rogue One, not affiliated with Lucasfilm or the Walt Disney Company.